Did you inherit $1 million from your grandparent, or are you about to become wealthy from someone else's hard work? If you say yes to these questions, this show is not for you. You, the hardworking, committed, and ambitious professional who have a 9-to-5 corporate job or a 12-hour shift worker keeping the assembly line running. Perhaps you run your gig as a freelancer, or maybe you run a small business. You are in the right place. Welcome to the Career Evangelist Podcast, where you get your weekly tips, ideas, strategies, and inspiration to find purpose in what you do so you can build a career you are passionate about and live a fulfilled life. Here is your host, Bola Alabi. Are you facing challenges in your life that are affecting your happiness and goals? Whether you are dealing with mental health issues like depression or anxiety or simply going through a tough time, therapy can provide valuable tools to help you navigate life. Today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is on a mission to make therapy more accessible and affordable. They understand that finding a therapist can be challenging, especially when limited to local options. BetterHelp offers an online platform that matches you with a professional therapist in just a few days after answering a few questions. Signing up and getting matched with a therapist is easy. You can find a link in the show notes at betterhelp.com slash the career evangelist. By using this link, not only do you support this podcast, but you also receive a 10% discount on your first month with BetterHelp. Take this opportunity to connect with a therapist and explore how it can benefit you. If you are going through a tough time, Consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com slash the career evangelist. Thank you, BetterHelp, for your support of this podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Career Evangelist podcast. And today is a special one because I have a special guest uh, with us. We have Chris Joyce. Chris is a founder of 24 different companies. He's a serial entrepreneur and he has founded uh, companies in the high tech, consumer goods, health, and manufacturing uh, sector. Now, Chris created uh, a company called Gosha. And uh, with Gosha, he's helping entrepreneurs create and launch startups. So we are going to be hearing from Chris about starting a business uh you are going to learn about the challenges and of course uh, also the opportunities involved in that space without further ado i'm going to bring in my guest chris hey chris what's up how are you doing hey, hey well i'm doing great how are you doing today i'm doing well thank you very much for joining us today well i did a little bit of intro uh telling my audience about you you sure. are an entrepreneur uh, I'm sure you love all the intricacies involving starting a business, right? Uh, I want to hear from you. All my audience would like to know you. Can you sure. please introduce yourself, let them know you, what you do, and what they are going to learn from you today? Sure. Well, my name is Chris Joyce. I founded many, many companies. I founded, I think, more than 24. I just stopped counting when I got to 24. It was easier than 25, uh, <laughs> but all different types of companies, everything from consumer goods, 
manufacturing, medical device, fintech, you name it. Uh, basically, I've done it. Uh, I've had my products sold across the globe, more than 11,000 retailers. I've got users of my tech products in 148 countries. Uh, so basically, when it comes to starting businesses, I know a lot of the ins and outs. And when it comes to talking with you today, hopefully we can shed some light on uh, people that are really maybe thinking about uh, jumping ship and actually starting or creating a company, uh, maybe the problems and the pitfalls and the things they'll run into and basically how to do it without having a penny to your name because you don't really need uh, anything at all to be able to start a business. So Chris, let's take a step back and go back, way back to when you started. So what motivated you to, you know, going these routes? I, I don't know if you ever start, uh, worked as an employee to a company, but I, I want to hear your journey. How did you come about starting businesses and think that, hey, this is the path that I want to follow? Sure. I, I started very, very young. I mean, really, really young. I did work for a company or two when I when when I was like 18, 19 or something like that. Uh, but really, other than that, I've always had my own companies. I started when I was six years old. Oh. I saw a little classified ad in the back of a Spider-Man comic book uh, for burpee seeds. I sent in five dollars. I got 50 burpee seed packets back. These are like seeds for like watermelons, sunflowers, flowers. I uh, then sold them door to door for a dollar a piece on an Air Force base. I uh, made grossed 50 bucks and I netted 45 and I was off to the races uh, from a very young age. But, you know, real businesses, I'm not talking like that as a business, but real businesses, I didn't really start until my late teens. Uh, I was a broker, stockbroker uh, with some very large firms on Wall Street. I just couldn't stand selling somebody else's product. I hated it. I was like, oh, my God, I can do so much better than this. Uh, and then I really just started my own businesses. And from there, it was all different types of companies. I never needed a penny to get the company uh, to about 10 million or more in sales. Uh, but after that, you would need capital, like for land grabs or stuff like that. But to start a company, I did not need anything. And that's really kind of what we show and how we help people today is how to get started without anything. So that is shocking to me. Uh, yeah. You said to start a company, you do not need anything. Nothing. Now you are going to shift our perspective in terms of starting a business because even I, I believe that you need some capital to start. Right. But we, we are going to learn from you because you obviously you've done this uh, on several occasions with multiple businesses. But before that, how do you decide or determine the type of business you want to go into, especially considering the fact that you are into different industries? So that's something well, well, leave it this way. Let's say you're a person and, and you're, you have a, a nine to five job or maybe an eight to, I don't know, six or seven job uh, <laughs> these days. But let's say you have this job. But, you know, and I, I just gave, I did a post this morning about it being Monday. And if you wake up with that feeling on Monday morning, that that feeling of dread, like, oh, my God, uh, this isn't who I am. I don't want to go to the office. I don't want to do this. Uh, and it brings that kind of sick feeling to you. And you hear that little voice in your head saying, oh, my God, you know, stop doing this. Try something else. Try something better. Well, that's the first step. I mean, you have to have something where you don't necessarily like what you're doing and you feel compelled to do something else. You have that little voice inside you that says to do something else. Now, my fundamental belief is 
for humanity is that we all have that. Uh, it's just that we were taught or have it beaten out of us uh, from the time that we were a young kid and to not listen to that voice. But that voice is your soul fighting to get out of you to really get out there and create and create something better, whatever the heck it may be. So let's say you have that voice inside your head. Uh, you know, you may not have this wonderful, phenomenal idea, but the point in the beginning is you're not supposed to. All right. Because even bad ideas, even just raw problems, if you've identified a problem and how many of us don't have problems, we all have problems. If you have a problem, you have a potential idea for a business. You don't need a solution. You just need a raw problem to be able to get started. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and you think about that idea or that problem or something else, and you think about you solving it and having the successful business, and if you look at yourself in your mirror in the mirror and you smile, that's what you should be doing. All right. If you're sitting there and you're cringing, you go, oh, my God, don't be doing it. But if you go to sleep at night, it's the last thing on your mind. If you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing in your mind. If you go to the bathroom and you're thinking about it, if you're eating lunch and you're thinking about it, if you're in conversations and you're thinking about it, that's pretty damn a good sign that that's what you should be doing. Because most people that start a business, it's never what you start out doing. That's just a step. So you don't think to yourself, hey, I need this great idea. I need this phenomenal thing already created. No, you just need a problem. You'll figure out the solution as you start building the company. Oh, that's awesome. And there are so many things you packed right in there. But uh, I will start unpacking them. Uh, sure. The first thing that I want to talk about, you mentioned that inner voice. And I completely agree with you, Chris. We all have that inner voice. Sometimes maybe you... you People call it gut feeling, right? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes we have come, most people don't listen to that inner voice, right? They just, maybe for fear, maybe for, maybe they've got burnt in the past. Sure. Uh, maybe I want to now hear from you, uh, what are some ways or how can we train ourselves to listen more to that uh, inner voice or gut feeling as uh, we may call it? Sure. Well, that inner voice, when you start to realize, and, and I do mean this in, in a serious way, and let me tell you a quick story, all right? So I, my real father abandoned me at, at our family at a very young age, all right? So later in life, we met up again, and we're never close or anything else. But on his deathbed, I went out to go ahead and see him because, well, I just didn't want that cycle or anything to continue. So I'm sitting there, you know, obviously meeting him, and he's dying on, on his deathbed. And when I tell you that this guy had massive regrets and they weren't necessarily about family, they were about not doing what he felt he should have been doing, about mm -hmm. not listening to that inner voice is basically in my own words. Mm -hmm. And so when a person really understands that they're going to have to pay that price at the end of their life, if they don't follow that inner voice, if they don't listen to that inner voice, that's a, that's a big price to pay. It's something that you swallow down. And I think that really, it's one of those things you have to learn to cultivate. It's something that you have all these outside voices and even, even inner voices that tell you, no, 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 don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. But there's only one voice inside you that is saying, yes, you can do this. It doesn't have all this supporting cast behind it. It doesn't have all these other people telling you can do it. And that one thing determines your character. That's it. That right there, the ability to do what you should be going after. And I don't think there's anything higher as a human being that you can do. I think that's literally why we are here 
to actually do and listen to that little voice saying that you can do whatever it is that it's telling you that you can do, so long as it's a good thing, you know? Oh, I like that. So out of all your businesses, which one sure. would you consider your most successful one and maybe why? Yeah, sure. I, I've had businesses generate a lot of sales volume, but I think the current one is really the most successful because, you know, as you get older, it's not necessarily 100% about money. It is, trust me, because that's the yardstick. <laughs> but for us, it's also the impact that we have upon people. Because mm -hmm. what I have right now with Gusher, we have more than 300 companies across the globe, every different vertical. But it's not just having those companies, it's the impact that you have upon the people's lives and then the customers' lives, the team's lives, the investors' lives at certain stages. So it has a ripple effect that just really doesn't stop. And so I definitely would say it's Gusher, what we're currently doing. Oh, that's awesome. So um, now, when we talk about business, what are some challenges that you've seen that people struggle with? When sure. Uh, this morning I was, in a, I was in a call with a founder, right? And this was a founder that's been a founder for about a year and a half. He's got a company already past the creation stage, has product, been in the market, everything else, and, and is there. And he got a, a, into a meeting before me with a buyer uh, for a retail, retail chain, right? And he was notified that he was 18th out of 18 products in this channel in terms of sales volume. So in other words, he was on the bubble. They were going to get rid of him and everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I said to him, I go, you know, hey, you know, there's, I've been saying this one phrase to you for a while, and that phrase is that, you know, you've got to set your standard extremely high because only by setting your standard extremely high, only by having the team also have that and internalize that extremely high standard, are you able to create a product of extreme value that the marketplace wants in today's competitive landscape? So you have to set a very, very high standard for creating value and bringing it to the customer. And then hopefully you end up winning. So number one, I'd say with founders in the very beginning is learning to set that high standard for themselves and holding themselves accountable. Because in the beginning, they're the only person to hold that standard. They are the only person to hold themselves accountable. So what does that mean? That means that when it, it, it's gray outside and cold outside and yucky, you still go do what needs oh, to be done. Yeah. It, it means that even if you don't want to, it means if you're sick, you go do it. It means if it's sunny and other people are doing it and they're out partying, you're not. You're yeah. doing what needs to be done in those beginning of stages to get that flywheel going, whatever the hell it takes so that it can take off itself. And so setting the standard high is extremely important. Well, uh, no, I, I do agree with that. So now let's talk about Gosha. Uh, sure. You, you help uh, entrepreneurs to start their business. Um, how, how does that work? What, sure. What do they have to do? Gusher is a platform to launch companies without the need for capital, without the need for investors. So people apply to join these companies in exchange for performance-based equity, meaning they get a piece of the company. But they don't get anything unless the company is able to succeed. And that includes us. We don't get anything. We don't charge anything. We get a piece of the company only if you succeed so that we're all rowing in the same direction to make that company happen. And so what I usually say to founders is, imagine that you had a million or $2 million in your bank account right this second. What company would you build? How would you build it out? And then gusher that 
because we do it all day, every day. Everything from B2B, B2C, B2B2C, B2G even. Consumer goods, manufacturing, SaaS, FinTech, AR, VR, AI, gaming, medical devices, prop tech, you name it, we've got it. But more importantly, with our system, we've got greater than an 80% success rate where these companies become either self-sustaining and or raise larger capital. So with us, it's really performance-based and we make sure that everybody has a vested interest in what they're doing. And we give birth to companies left and right every day. Awesome. So I like to break it down because again, you put so many things uh, in what you just said. So an entrepreneur out there wanting to start a business, come on Gosha platform, Yep. put his idea there, well, whatever he want to start, then investors on the platform, they will come in and be like equity owner in the business. Nope. Okay. So so think of it this. So imagine this. If you had money for your business, right? Yes. What's the what is the number one thing that that capital is spent on? It's not marketing, it's not real estate. What is it spent on? So I'm creating a software product or I'm creating the consumer goods. So I'm creating, I don't know, I have in front of me a new wallet, all right? What you're going to need is it's spent on people, all right? So people is what helps make that company. You may need industrial designers, front-end developers, a chief technology officer, chief marketing officer. You need creative directors, social media, biz dev. Well, in order to get those people onto your team and you're starting a regular company, you need all these funds. You would need to have revenues already. You would have a burn rate like venture capital. And chances are about 90% you'd go out of business. All right. With companies that we form, people join your company in exchange for equity, but they help you leapfrog generational development so that you create a self-sustaining company from the very beginning. So if I have an idea for a new, I don't know, a new drink. All right. I would need a product formulator. I would need a packaging designer. I'd need a manufacturer. I need, a, you know, maybe a chief scientist, a marketing officer, all these different roles. I would do is recruit them into my company and then I'd be able to get that company going from there. First step is recruiting your team and getting them on board. Awesome. So in that case, I'm thinking there will be two categories of people. The people that comes with their ideas and the other end will be people that want to participate because they have the skills, the experience, they are entrepreneurs, they want to help the business so that the business will succeed. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. So what happens is we've got founders on one side of the coin and team members on the other. Okay. So people apply. Don't. It's not really transactional, though. It's more like Internet dating. So people get involved with the companies or the ideas because they're what we call VIM, V-I-M, the vested interest market, VIM. So a big company on, on Gusher that, that was nothing in the beginning is a company called Happy Howl. Okay. So Happy Howl, Colin had the sick dog. He brought it to the vet. The vet said, hey, put your dog on this dog food, then another dog food, then another dog food. Dog would need it. He was dying. Uh, so he went ahead and hacked his own dog food together over two, three, four months. Okay. So suddenly he goes ahead and his dog starts coming to life over three, four, five months. And he says, I want to start a dog food company. All right. Bola, I don't know what you know about dog food companies, but they are a vicious industry. Vicious. Okay. They've been around for more than a hundred years. Uh, they don't give up real estate uh, easily. It's an extremely capital intensive business. All right. Mm -hmm. So I said, sure, let's start a dog food company. 
So he goes ahead and brings in this, and I won't tell the whole story. He brings in the second team of people that, and I won't tell you the first team, the, the second team of people that he brought in a year and a half later, they're worth uh, more than 10 million. They're growing 30% month over month. They got national distribution, CVS or Walgreens or something like that. But this team had something in common. I want you to think like an eight-year-old, okay, that, that a team should have if you're gushering the company. This is a dog food company. If I ask an eight-year-old what they had all in common, what do you think they would say, all his team members? So what type of uh, dog food or what type of dog? Or they all had dogs, okay? They didn't have kids. They didn't have children. They were dog parents. They ate dog, breathed dog, lived uh, dog, pooped dog. They yeah. were dog zealots. So the teams that come together on Gusher are people that are zealots for that specific yeah. idea. Yeah. And so that's how you create and launch a company without anything. You build it with zealots, these key people that help get it going. Hey, Chris, I love the idea. Uh, so this is, you know, when you are explaining it, it's sounding like Shark Tank. And I know maybe Shark Tank is on the other high hand, but it's something similar in, in my uh, opinion. So, guys, if you are thinking about starting a business, uh, you better gosh it. And I like the fact that you are saying gosh in the business. <laughs> sure. That's good. So people should gosh it. Um, so right, right now, um, like how many businesses uh, are you guys supporting or how sure. many businesses are on the platform generally? We've got more than 350 companies across the globe, everywhere. Uh, all of them are U.S.-based corporations, even though we have founders all across the globe, okay? So you don't have to be a, a U.S.-based uh, founder. Uh, you can go ahead and create a U.S. corporation. You're up and running and no, no problems whatsoever. Most of our teams, about 80% of them are international. So they're all over, all different time zones, all different products, everything you can possibly think of. Really, I mean, everything from manufacturing to, to CPG companies, to medical devices, electronic devices, a ton of companies. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, what's your overall vision for this, Gosha? Uh, Good question. So you got to think of it this way, all right? So we fundamentally believe that talent is spread evenly across the globe, but opportunity is not. That's so we are fixing that by creating the greatest startup engine ever. That's really our goal. There's about 700 million people across the globe right this second trying to figure out how to start a business. And they think that money is the issue. Money is not the issue. It's fundamentally people that's the most issue for most businesses. And so we're solving that in a big way. So Gosha is bringing people together to create successful and launch and create a successful successful businesses. So I, I, I like the concept. Uh, it works. Now, uh, Chris, um, in terms of, because for, for, for my uh, listeners, most of sure. them they are uh, career people, you know, uh, wanting to start their own business. How can they leverage uh, the Gosha platform? Yeah, well, think of it this way. The, the one thing is they can stay and keep doing what the heck they're doing as they go ahead and come into Gusher and just simply start building. Uh, a person can be on Gusher and up and running in as little as five minutes, or they can take nine, 10 months if they wish. I mean, it's up to them. Uh, we've seen both different examples and everything in between. To physically get a company up and running and going on Gusher, like with a fully fleshed out team and everything else, it depends. But the average team comes together 
together in about four to six weeks. With us, what we do is we hold their hand every step of the way. So it's something that they come into Gusher, they start building their startup draft, then we jump in, we show them the good, the bad, the ugly, what works, what doesn't work. But then we hold their hand every step of the way as the company grows until about the $10 million in sales a level. So above that, we kind of just, we don't really go into too much because it becomes standard, but from zero to 10 million, that's our strong suit. That's really where we play in the sandbox the best. Oh, so good. So Chris, as we are uh, bringing this to a close, sure. I must tell you that I found this episode uh, really, really uh, useful, uh, informative, because I know definitely more people, they will want to, you know, check out your uh, platform to see how they can, you know, uh, participate, whether as a founder or as the team, as you, you yes. said. So uh, where can my audience, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Sure. One place is the best. That's just going to Gusher at gusher.co, G-U-S-H-E-R.co, gusher.co. Okay. That's awesome. Now let's get to know you a little bit more. Uh, so when you are not uh, involving, you know, business management or starting up a new business, what else do you enjoy doing, Chris? Uh, I basically have, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, I have three kids. I don't really have hobbies at all. I have three younger kids, 15, 12, and 10. Uh, but we do do something together. We lift weights religiously. Uh, it's something we always do. Uh, so my, my oldest one came to me about a year and a half ago. We lift weights and we lift heavy weights. Oh. Uh, so we don't take it as like, oh, this is just a basic workout. We take it pretty damn seriously. So other than lift weights and being married to a very smart redhead, uh, that's about it. That's all I do. That's all I have time for. It's so funny that you mentioned lifting weights. I took my son to the gym on Saturday and we went there to lift weights. Uh, yes. For me, that was after about three months. So on Sunday, when I woke up, all my body were just aching. So <laughs> I, I don't look forward to lifting weights at all. <laughs> Do you remember what I said about setting the standard earlier? Yeah. Well, when my oldest son came to me, this was about 18 months ago. He said, hey, I, I would like to lift weights with you. I'd like to go. it." And I said, well, there's two things. One, you have to commit to it for at least a year. All right. You have to commit to it for at least a year because then that will lay the base. And then it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you'll always be able to have muscle memory, know how to do it and everything else. I go, number two, you have to get up with me at 5 a.m. and do it every damn morning. Right. And sure enough, he did it. Oh, All right. And so and his body looks so dramatically different. If I showed you, you'd be like, oh, my God. Uh, but it, that's what it takes consistently, uh, consistency over a period of time and having the discipline to do that day in and day out. And that's what we need in almost everything. Uh, in Absolutely. Our life. So uh, finally, Chris, uh, I always like to motivate my audience, my listeners. And I get, let my guests they do the motivation for me. So uh, I want you to help us uh, for people out there that have had that belief that, hey, because of lack of capital, I cannot start a business. What do you want to tell them to motivate them so that they can take that first step? I, I'd say this. You have to ask yourself one fundamental question. Is the universe a, a sane place or is it an insane place? What do I mean by that? 
I mean that if you fundamentally believe that the universe is a sane place, that fundamentally people are actually good in, in terms of what they do. I mean, there's evil all over the place. We see it every day. Then you've got to trust that the universe gave to you whatever you needed to be able to be successful in this world. And so I say to founders, whatever founder I'm dealing with, rich, poor, old, young, it doesn't matter. You have all the tools, all the tools necessary right now to get what you want. So as you start the process, it's just taking that first damn step and then trusting the process. So the biggest part is really taking that first step. The first step, you're not going to get all this fanfare about doing it. Don't tell anybody about it. Just do it and then just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Don't look up. You'll get whatever the hell you want. You don't need any special connections. You don't need any special money. You don't need any special equipment. All that stuff will come so long as you just keep taking that first step over and over and over again and just keep moving forward. Oh, you don't need anything. That's so good, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, guys, there you have it. Go to gosha.co and connect with Chris and see how you can boost your business. Thank you very much, Chris, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right.